tonight to tell you about nature box that's right nature box if you uh, kidding i'm not here to tell you about nature box but every other fucking podcast i listen to lately is here to tell you about nature box i'm not uh don't find their products particularly healthy looking and and don't think you're going to lose weight from it in fact it's just another way to get dumb people to eat shitty food so maybe i should have them as a as a sponsor because let's face it america you're a bunch of dumb people and you like shitty food. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. I'm looking at a at a thing on Evernote. I don't know if you guys use Evernote. It's one of my favorite programs that's available for the cellular phones, also for the web clients. Anyway, Evernote is a uh, note-taking system, so it syncs up across all sorts of platforms and whatnot. And yes, so I'm looking at an Evernote thing, and my first thing under the show ideas column says, this show is not brought to you by NatureBox, etc. So, I know you're probably sitting there thinking, well, Alex, wouldn't it have been funny if you had, instead of just done a shitty NatureBox thing where you just said, no, JK dog at the end and expected some kind of comedy out of it, where you could have maybe show prepped and came up with, like, the various other things the show is not brought to you by, you know, such as legal Zoom, um, stamps.com, other things, because I'm not brought to you by any of those. I am brought to you by, what are the, what's the ones I'm brought to you by that everybody else has? Oh, Amazon.com. There is an Amazon.com portal on the, on my website and audible.com. You get the free audiobook, which you've heard me say a hundred times and you've heard them say a hundred times, but I'm not brought to you by NatureBox. That is something that I'll never be brought to you by unless they offer me a very small amount of money because I will sell out. Uh, I don't really have a problem with selling out. I think selling out is the natural way to go through things. Natural like Nature's Box, the delicious snack food option for healthy meals on the go. Just go to naturebox.com slash some kind of code I don't actually have. Yes, my next note on my thing forever. Oh, by the way, so this is a solo show. I haven't done one in a while. I should probably introduce that to you. Hi, guys. It's a uh, solo show from me, Alex, your friend and neighbor, Alex. So the reason I'm doing that is the first thing I want to tell you about is... Oh, fuck this. I'm just putting a link up. I found on io9, one of my favorite websites, there is a Star Wars... Uh, the rough cut of the Star Wars cantina scene. And you can kind of see what it was like on set of the original Star Wars. I wonder if the... Wait, let's play this on air and see if it comes across at all in the audio... Medium. Let's see. Is a well, is a test. I don't even know if it's gonna play. Actually, literally play. Oh, it does. Cool. Okay. So we're watching Luke walking in. There's a three PO. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is like a silent movie. Let's skip to the middle. Yeah, Mark Hamill looking dumb. Harrison Ford macking on some space chick. Nope. What about the big Carillion ships. She's fast enough for you, old man. What's the cargo? Only passengers. Myself, the boy, two droids, and no questions asked. No questions. It's kind of not good for a podcast. Anyway, if you're a fan of Star Wars, which I was before those abortions came out in the 90s, maybe you want to watch this and go like, hey, look, this is what movie making was like back when they actually used costumes and lighting and try to write interesting mythos instead of performing in front of a screen with digital uh, Jamaican people dancing around behind you comically. Well, there's that. I'm not good at solo episodes. I haven't said that in a while because I haven't done one, but I don't have the, what's it called, the the chops for this. I like to have somebody to talk to, but I didn't plan a guest this week. Oh, that's what he can tell you about. So this weekend, BCX Radio, who was on my show, um, uh, DJ Riles, 
from BCX Radio is doing his co-host Ageddon, which he does every year, apparently. Um, I've not known him for a full year, so I forgive myself for not knowing uh, what happened last year. But anyway, I'm going to be involved in this. So Saturday at, I think, 8 p.m. Pacific time, I will be uh, over there and I will be on his show for one hour, maybe more, maybe less. I don't think less. I think I, I think I'm I think I'm supposed to be there for an hour. And uh yeah, he's doing uh, a whole crap load of hours or whatever. So go to I guess bcxradio.com. Again, I didn't plan this, but yeah, you maybe you want to hear me next week. How good would that be? Not very good. I mean his show is gonna be fine, I'm sure, but I'm uninteresting. Um wow. I never it's weird how quickly you can like lose the groove of, of doing solo shows. What can I tell you about? I'm not gonna go through a fucking list of stupid things on my Evernote account. Um, well, they're not all stupid things, they're fine, but I was just, um, oh, yes, okay, so this is what I can tell you about. I will go one more thing. So, I put out a little mini-sode yesterday, a little four-minute thing talking about next week's show. I want to do a listener episode. Essentially, I want you guys to write in and, um, make the show about you. You can send me sound clips if you want, um, songs, poems, whatever the fuck you want, or just write in and say hi, um, any of that shit. So, do that. Uh, it's alexcast at gmail.com. You spell Alex with two X's always. And um, there is, um, you can also say, uh, call in. That's it. 503-468-6959. 503-468-6959. You can leave a three-minute message. Whatever you want. Or email me files. Whatever it is. The whole thing is I just want to build a show around the listeners. I used to have a pretty open dialogue with you guys. And, you know, I'm sure it's my fault. I don't know what I changed up about the show, because, I mean, the numbers have dropped over the over the years, but it's not, it's not like I'm getting that many less listeners, it's just, you know, the interaction's been slowed, so I would like to try to open that door up to you guys again. So, write in, ask me questions, if you want advice from me, I know, I keep going with that, and people think I'm kidding, I'm pretty good at giving advice, I'm kind of smart, like, I've had a few people tell me I'm the smartest person they know, that's more of a reflection of the rest of the people they know, but still, if you're one of those people that primarily knows dumb people, my advice might be really, really good. Who knows? I certainly don't. But you can find out next week on the show. So, September 7th is the uh, final day you can submit any kind of audio or write-ins or anything. So, yeah, 503-468-6959 or send it to alexcast at gmail.com. Anything. Anything you want, just join in. Um, I pointed out on Twitter, like, if you want to do... If go to alexcast.com, there's a, there's a uh, post on there about it. But, um, uh, if you want to tell me about how you found the show, if the show influenced you at all, or, you know, whatever, it's just, that's the idea is I would like to, I'd like to reopen the doors of communication between me and you sweet, 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 sweet people. So there's that. I will, uh, yeah, I will be doing that next week. I don't have many, um, I don't have many, uh, uh, things right now, submissions. So, Frankly, this is going to be pretty embarrassing. Uh, so, if you want to spare me some embarrassment, maybe you could write in. Because I asked a bunch of you, and I asked a bunch of you, like, directly, multiple times. And that's not, and unless, unless there's somebody, unless you're listening to this and, and you're someone that asked directly, don't feel bad. Because, uh, I mean, unless I ask you a few times, don't feel bad. It's like, come on, guys, I need some help here, because I'm really leaving myself out, because you all know next week, see, I put a timestamp on this, this is a problem, so you all know next week, my plan for next week's show is to do a uh, listener-based uh, write-in episode, however, um, uh, if next week's show, you'll notice that it's not that, you know that uh, I have yet again, as is my way, fallen flat on my dumb fat face, huzzah, hooray, and yes, so those things, these are, uh, these are all good things, and uh, we will continue moving forward, pressing forward and pressing on, always forwards and upwards. Let's talk. Hold on a second while I lean over. It's leaning over the microphone. I got a new tarot deck. This is something, though, not in my Evernote page that I have open. This is something I did want to bring up. You may have, you may have known, you may recall, you may not know at all. I talked about it a little while ago, that there is a tarot deck I like. Uh, I was mistakenly thought that the lady was from Portland. I don't know where I got that, that idea from. I think it has something to do with me being an idiot. Something like that. But anyway, it's this tarot deck called The Wild Unknown. And I saw a couple cards from it, and I thought it was, quite frankly, pretty fucking spiffy. 
I did not purchase this deck. You may remember a few months ago, I went for a walk, and I talked about it on the show. I described my day of following synchronicity trails. And one of the synchronicity trails led me uh, to a series of closed uh, occult stores and gem supply shops because I had it in my head I needed some jade. I end up in a um, a strange kind of florist shop because on the front it said they sold gems or crystals. Uh, I noticed the Wild Unknown Tower deck is in there. I end up asking the lady. She points me to a Tibetan store where I buy a mala, you know, those prayer beads for your wrist, made of jade. Pressing forward, because you need the backstory to that. I gave that mala to someone. Someone very special to me as a gift. Because I was trying to get across the idea of uh, uh, mantra-based meditation for calming. You know, you, you take your your prayer beads, you rub one on, you know, you rub one and you say a mantra. Om Mani Padme Om is the one I use. And you say the next one, Om Mani Padme Om, and you go around the whole thing. Like prayer beads for... What do they call those? Rosary beads for Catholics or, you know, whatever. Malas. So, I do that and they go off into the ether. But what is returned to me for an early birthday gift? Which, by the way, my birthday is September 29th. Feel free to shower me in uh, gifts and um, money. More so money than gifts. But gifts is, gifts are fine too. But the one thing you can't get me is the Wild, un wild Unknown Tarot. Because that selfsame person, that lovely example of a human being, got me, for my early birthday present, the Wild Un Unknown Tarot guidebook and tarot deck. I am in love. The tarot deck is one of the more beautiful tarot decks I've ever seen. It's a really... Um, look it up. It's the Wild Unknown Tarot deck. It's by Kim Kranz. Now, apparently Kim Kranz is also some kind of musician, singer, songwriter, artist, uh fancy lady extraordinaire. I looked into her. She's one of those people that I think maybe that's why I thought she was from Portland because she looks like one of those like really hip people that like is involved in all sorts of different kinds of art and she's very thin and it looks like she would she would know a bunch about music you've never heard of. So, you know, Portland essentially. Um so maybe that's why I thought she was from Portland. Anyway, she's one of those people that like is so artistically inclined. I might not actually like her. You know, one of those people that just kind of go over the top like a Yoko Ono type, where you're just like, ugh, we get it, shut up already. Like, how about, how about we have a, how about we have a conversation about something else just once? And I don't know where I went there, there because actually this whole section was I wanted to be complimenting this tarot deck, because this woman that I probably wouldn't get along with all that well made a fucking fantastic tarot deck. It is after the Thoth deck, which is the one that I learned on, it's the first deck I ever fell in love with. Um, this is by far my favorite tarot deck ever. It is fucking beautiful. There is a, the, I guess the uh, the overall thematic concern of it, and I'll, I'll throw up some pictures on the website. I, I posted one from Twitter the other day, if you follow me on Twitter, at the AlexCast, but the, kind of the theme of it is is the wild unknown, so it kind of takes a lot of like nature themes and uses it in the tarot. So, uh, like for the tower, instead of having it be like a literal tower uh, falling, it is a large kind of pine tree being struck by lightning. Um, the death card is... Uh, like a skeletal uh, bird of a kind. Um, the hanged man is a bat hanging upside down. You can you kind of get where I'm going. And they're all uh, done in kind of this kind of stark, almost Edward Gorey-esque. I mean, more, co more complicated than Edward Gorey, but if you see them, I think maybe you'll get where I'm coming from. Like some of the kind of the line work reminds one of Gorey. Um, there's a lot of stark black and white, but also then on the more positive cards, there's this hyper bright, positive you know, chakra, watercolor, waters coming out. And yeah, it is a really interesting deck. So I was flipping over some cards and I was trying to get a, a, a read going. And yeah, it seemed to be one of these early, early uh, things where it seemed to speak to me immediately. And if you're not a tarot card reader, I, I don't know if that would make a lot of sense. I mean, maybe it would. There's probably other things, I guess, like cars or something or, you know, anything you work with or sometimes it just kind of you know, you fall, you find yourself in sync with it rather quickly. So, yeah, I've been reading on there for a few days, and I'm pretty fucking convinced. Which, it makes me feel a little bad, because I'm not touching my Thoth deck, and I'm like, oh, you know, I feel like they're going to get jealous. And it's thoughts like this that remind one how you actually are a complete raving lunatic. Uh, I'm not a person that's inter interested in... in esoterica i'm not a person that's into the occult i'm i'm a madman that that 
personifies tarot decks and believe that I can hurt their feelings by using other ones. This is the worst example of that word that I'm so desperately was hoping I'd come up with. What's it called when you give human traits to animals? Not personification. What the fuck is that called? Oh, it's a really easy word, and this is driving me nuts. This is why I need someone on Skype right now that could be typing this at me. Um, oh, anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism. Yes, thank you. Uh, the, I mean, I'm thanking myself. Thank you, brain, because there's no one else here. Uh, so anthropomorphized. Thing. I don't even remember why I was trying to come up with that word. Jesus, God, this this is a terrible episode. I'm sorry. But the thing is, I had a long four-day weekend, and uh, I didn't do anything on it. Like, I didn't write, and I didn't meditate, or I tried to, I tried to meditate, and I tried to write, and I failed at both. I did flip some tarot. So the only thing I the, of my kind of coping mechanisms, the way they keep me sane, the only one of those that's currently functioning is, is tarot reading, and that is just coming back now with the addition of this deck. So anyway, you should look at The Wild Unknown Tarot by Kim Kranz. Because, um, one, it's beautiful, and two, it's the one I'm working with. So if you're interested, like, hey, I wonder what that Alex guy, uh, what kind of, uh, tarot deck he's working with at the moment, you would know. It's the, it's, oh my god, this episode's terrible. I might have, I might have to give this up. Alright, let's try, let's try to talk about something else. Um, uh, oh, thank you, Old Mountain Phelps, for the donation. Um, he found the, I have a, a I think he was Bitcoin. I have a Bitcoin thing on my on the website, PayPal and stuff, so it's always nice to get a random... Maybe it was PayPal. The point is, it's always nice to get a random donation. Um, as many of you know, I'm rather broke, so it's, you know, it's nice. Um, I'm trying to save some of these for next week's show because it's all listener-based. Um, oh, okay. Here's something I found out. Here's two things that I want to go through. Divorce rate. This is one of those things where I realized I'm very stupid. And I'm not very stupid because I think a lot of you are going to realize you haven't thought about this anyway. So there's an often, often, oft-cited thing saying that the divorce rate is um, 50% and now, and you people usually go, oh, now it's more like 60% of marriages end, end in divorce. That's true, but this is what I didn't think of. That's marriages, not first marriages. First marriages, the number is around 30%, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, so it's li- it's literally halved what I, what I was expecting because what, what we're at least what I wasn't taking into account again. Let's go back to the fact that I have the capability of being quite stupid. Is the um is that uh, they're counting? So the people that first marriage failed, they move on to another marriage and another and another. You know, third and fourth marriages. So it's not like those numbers go away. But if you take this, if you take second marriages and up out of the equation, it's actually only thirty percent. So seventy percent success rate for marriages. Pretty fucking cool. As a as a as a fella that no, uh, I don't really want to get married, but. As someone that doesn't hate marriage as much as I think people would expect me to, because it is kind of based in a bunch of shit I'm not really a fan of, but I like the I like the idea of being with someone for life. That sounds nice. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that whole silly ceremony or have to sign paperwork or, I mean, yeah, pretty much I'm against most of it. But I don't like it because I, I mean I guess it's one of those things where because it's really popular to not like it, I think I just immediately want to like it. You know, um, it's um, what's what's a good example of that? Like any kind of thing where um. um no, that's a really shitty example. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Like, would anything get so, like, incredibly hated? Like, if people hate, like, I don't know, Barry Manilow, uh, I would want to, like, circle back and start liking Barry Manilow again. It's just the contrarian in me. So when I hear that, you know, uh, the people are like, yeah, you know, marriage, blah, 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 you know, it's, uh, it's especially in the community I hang out with, with, like, occultists and weirdos, it results into, like, the all the other aspects of... of you know, free love and all that 60s nonsense that, um, not that it's nonsense. I just, I think it's my immediate reaction is anytime like the group is going with something, my natural reaction is to go the other way. So it was kind of a weird thing to find out that it's, uh, the numbers were much, much, uh, more on the side of marriage than I had thought. Still never going to. I just found it an interesting fact because I hadn't thought of it before because of the whole, you know, I Overexplain. This is a terrible episode. Moving on. I found this thing called Muse. Meetmuse.com. Muse is spelled M-U-S-E. Meet, as in, you know, to meet, to communicate, to, to, to become familiar with. Muse.com. Now, um, so, uh, reading from the website. What is Muse? Take your meditation and yoga practice to the next level with Muse, the brain-sensing headband. Muse is a tool to ex- enhance your wellness by helping you to train your brain. It's designed to build on the healthy body and mind you're already working on by providing you with real-time feedback during daily guided training sessions as short as three minutes a day. 
uh, anytime, anywhere you can, reduce stress, blah, 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 blah. Where's the rest of the explanation? Um, yeah. So, no, that's not it. They had a good, um, hold on, I'll find it. Their, their website is not the best designed ever. Just give me the, okay, blah, 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 yes, um, uh, how Muse works. Let's see. Oh, no, that's the thing. Your brain generates constant electrical impulses when you're thinking, sleeping, or even relaxing. These impulses can be detected from outside your head. Muse uses brain-sensing technology that doctors and scientists have employed for more than a century. This technology allows Muse to detect your brain signals from outside your body the same way a heart monitor monitors your heart rate. Muse then gives you a steady flow of feedback on your smartphone or tablet using Bluetooth. So the idea is you put on this helmet, not a helmet, you put on this headband, and it kind of trains you to meditate which is kind of badass. So it's, um, it's, a uh, um, it's like a video game almost where you have to, you're trying to like, uh, set your record for how long you can stay in a certain brainwave state. So, uh, it plays, you know, ocean sounds or something. I actually, I think that's the, that's the exact thing it does. It's, so it plays ocean sounds and then you kind of look at your screen and it says like, oh, you're getting too anxious. So you have to calm. And the idea is that you, um, uh, you, uh, it, you know, it basically is like an individual one-on-one -on -one guru for meditation that can see inside of your brain, which, well, I mean, frankly, sounds pretty interesting. I like this idea. So anyway, uh, meetmuse.com. I have no stake in this company. Now that I look at how much it costs, I don't really like this at all. I think it's a terrible product. But uh, if you want to spend $300 on that, you go right ahead. Uh, I was expecting that to be something in the $100 range, if not less. So... Oops, sorry for the people at Meet Muse if you got all excited that you got a recommendation from a rambling fat guy in Portland that occasionally talks about meditation on his show. I did take away my recommendation because, Jesus, fuck, two ninety nine ninety nine. that's fucking absurd. I'm, I'm, I'm a little disgusted uh, by, by you. And your, and your website is, is just garbage. It's one of those things where you have to uh, scroll down and then it like pops the next section up instead of just being a smooth scroll or like a click through. It's quite annoying. Ooh, let's, let's, maybe we can listen to the video together. Hold on. What is Muse, the brain sensing headband? Before I tried it, I was kind of stressed. I just got off work and traffic was a little crazy. So probably a little tenser than normal. I've, uh, I've been working all day. So uh, there's been a little bit of stress today for sure. These are some incredibly ugly people on this video, by the way. You should watch it. I mean, he's not bad. Discover new brain English. power with his powerful mental fitness tool. Feel focused and calm in just three, five, seven, or 12 minutes a day. EEG sensors allow Muse to detect and measure your brain activity, just like a heart monitor measures heart rate. Your Muse device sends this info to your smartphone or tablet using Bluetooth LE and pairs with Calm, a free app with guided sessions designed to train your brain to manage stress and calm your mind. Within the moment feedback, you'll learn to effortlessly improve focus as you unwind and relax each time you use Muse. Calm lets you track your progress and improve concentration, focus, Sorry, and relaxation calling me. over time. How dare they? Each guided session gives you real-time audio and visual feedback of your brain's activity. Over just a few sessions, as short as three minutes each, you'll boost mental fitness and mood while feeling more relaxed and calm. The Muse device works simply in just five easy steps. One, listen to the peaceful sounds of the app. Two, focus on calming your mind. Three, relax into a moment of mindfulness and get feedback. Wait, I'm going to pause for a second. I just want to point out, I really need you guys to watch the What Is Muse video uh, that we're listening to, which is fine. The, the, the information's going on well, but they all look like extras on a new Doctor Who that are either mildly retarded or there's an alien inside of them. Pressing up. Your mind wanders. Four, track your progress over time. Five, improve and feel more relaxed with better concentration and memory. So, how do you feel now? I actually feel very relaxed. I, I feel more in touch with what my brain is is doing, and I, I actually did pretty well with my session. I felt like I made a breakthrough with Muse and I'm meditating. It was cool. Like, I gotta tell you, this video was, was probably a bad idea. 
for both me listening and watching on the show and them putting on their website. And I'm sorry we just did that. But if it cost like if that thing cost like 75 bucks, I probably would think about getting it because I really like the idea. But $299.99 is pretty fucking absurd. I could buy I I could I could buy like nearly a thousand bricks of top ramen for that. And you know, man can't live on meditation EEG technology alone. I believe Mahatma Gandhi said that. <laughs> so Oh, you know what we should do? Because uh, I was making fun of it before. Um, Facebook.com slash the standard PDX. That's the people that actually sponsor this show. And they're, they're, it's a bar. It's a, it's a bar, you know, where you drink alcohol and, and socialize with people. And it's a good bar. It's so good to the fact that like they sponsor my show and I hang out there and I like them very much. So you should go there if you're in Portland. And if you're not in Portland, just click like on their Facebook page. And, um, yeah, it's 14 Northeast 22nd in Portland, Oregon, Northeast Portland. That's what the Northeast stands for, Northeast uh, 22nd. 14 Northeast 22nd. It's Northeast Portland. It's right off of Burnside. And it's good. It's 22 blocks from the river. And um, you should go and hang out there. And if you're there and I'm there, you can come over and say hi. You won't because, as we discussed before about people trying to participate in the show, no one ever says hi. I've actually had people tell me that they were at the Standard. And they're like, oh, you know, I heard about it on the show. So they're like, I want to write you a message. Say, you know, I stopped by the standard. And like, I, I, you know, I usually don't write them back for this because I don't want to sound that pathetic. But it's like, well, fuck, man, I was there. Like, you could have just came over and said hi. But I guess, I guess I don't look like a black square with a round face that says Alex Cast through it. And my eyes aren't X's. So it's not like you really are going to know like a, like a million percent what I look like unless you've done some research. So maybe I take that back a little bit. But anyway, Facebook.com slash the standard PDX. If you go there on a Wednesday, it is $1 for a 16-ounce hams from the tap. How delicious is that? How good is that? The answer is, eh, it's, you know, it's shitty American beer, but it's a buck, so you really can't beat that. Friday is Fireball Fridays, where you can get Fireball for, like, three bucks or four bucks or something. I don't know. Like, whatever Fireball normally costs, like, take, like, a buck or two off that, and then it's like, whoa, look at that. Yay. And uh, sa- Sunday, it's $2 microbrews, where you can get, like, delicious local microbrews for $2. You may be thinking, but Alex, how can they afford such amazing deals? You know, I don't know. I'm, I can I can barely do a fucking, I can barely do a podcast, man. Like, I, I don't know how to run a business. It's probably a pretty stupid question to ask me. And why'd you ask me now? You could have asked me via email for the the great Alex Cast listener Raiden debacle that's coming up. <laughs> oh, this is going to be such a fucking epic fail. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's a commercial. What else do I have in here? I, Man, if you go back and listen to any of the solo shows, usually this is about the time where I start telling you there's going to be a short, uh, short one. What can I answer here? Um, questions, questions. Uh, uh, no one cares about that. No one cares about that. That's visual. That's visual. Oh, I had a question. If uh, any of you out there are listening of a um, a people of color descent, which it's, again that I've talked about on the show before, is is such an irritating phrase to me. I know I'm white, so like I shouldn't. Uh, I guess I'm not supposed to have an opinion, but like like colored people is like this like really offensive term, right? So if, it's, if you just Yoda that phrase up, now that's the polite one. Oh God, that's fucking irritating. But anyway, I'm just curious if if uh if it's annoying to you, like say your mom or your dad or something, say your mom and dad are from uh, Jamaica, right? And then like uh they you know you come to the United States and then uh, somebody calls you an African American, like is that annoying or is that just kind of is it just like the better? I mean, is it just like acceptable shorthand? Because you know b- being white male. Uh, uh, you know, from the suburbs, like I, you know, I've been privileged on every possible fucking level available. So I don't really know. But like when I grew up, like the term like black guy was like the, that, I mean, or black chick or whatever, you know, like black was the term, um, which seemed fine because, you know, like we're called white. But again, I, you know, I'm not trying to put words in anybody's head because, well, you know, let's face it again, I, incredible white privilege. I mean, I, I've been blessed in every way. In fact, Really, the world should be really annoyed about how badly I fucked this up. Like, I was born middle class, white, um, in America, uh, in, in the 20th century, you know, uh, above average height. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I really, really shit on all the gifts given. I mean, man, if there's a God, he's fucking pissed about how badly I let this shit slip through my hands. But anyway, so putting this in mind, this is really just a, just a question about, um, uh, uh, 
annoyance of language, you know, for people of other ethnicities. So, if, yeah. So if you're from, you know, a, a, a Caribbean background, so, you know, you're like what I would call back, you know, growing up in the, the Neanderthal eighties call a black dude, but somebody calls you African American, but like, you know, you're, you're not cause you know, you're like Caribbean. Is that a thing you correct? Or is it just like a thing? Like, do we just get used to it? Cause I'm not really good at the whole PC thing. And if you're an American and you're all like one of those really uppity, like really, oh, uppity was the wrong term there. Um, you're one of those really persnickety, um, like, you know, like liberal people that like get really like overly PC and offended for other people, even though they're not offended. What do you do if you, if you're in a, if you're in England and you see a black person, do you say African Englishman? I mean, do you try to, I just, so I really need, I either need really easily offended liberal white people to write in or, um, or like a, like a black dude from, from, you know, Canadian, dis Canadian, Jamaican descent. Canadian would work too. Oh no, I guess technically they're American too. North American. Anyway, it was just a question I had and, um, I live in Portland, Oregon. So, um, it's not really like a, like a topic that comes up much because you know, there's, there's like three people that aren't white and like two of those are Asian. So it's, I mean, there's, yeah, it's really lily, lily white in this place. It's, 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 it's white bread and bad music. I mean, there's just a, there's a ton, I mean, there's a ton of people that play, um, that play like accordions and, um, and, and bagpipes, you know, just, just horrible music and, and terrible food. So, well, there you go. I'm a race trader. Sorry, but let's face it, you know, you, you, you just don't go to whites for music. It's just, sorry. Well, I mean, it gets classical, but that, that's not really fair though, because pretty sure you weren't white, you weren't really allowed very close to a piano back then. I don't know. You know, I heard, I probably talked to this on the show before, again, a white person talking about um, race relations. I heard that, like, the whole race based on color, the whole racism based on color thing isn't really, it's kind of like a newer thing. Like, if you, like, if you were in Rome, like, if you were, like, just a black dude walking around, like, you'd just be like, oh, this is a black dude. Like, it's not like, it wouldn't necessarily, like, the, the racism there would be if you were a citizen of Rome, like, actually, like, a full vested citizen of Rome or not. Like, but, so if you're, like, a black dude that was born in Rome, or, like, a white dude that was born, you know, just outside of Rome, like, the black dude would have more standing. Which kind of, it's weird, because, you know, at least as an American, you think past equals race is horrible. But it turns out, well, not that it turns out. What I mean is, um, it's not as, oh, it was just horrible the whole time. It's more just, it's basically, I think it was just Christians ruined it again. So, there we go. Christians, people of color, you can all write in and hate me. Speaking of writing, I'm going to spoil some of the questions that were sent for next week's show. Well, this is, these are actually things I've been hoarding for a little bit, but I don't have anything to talk about. Obviously, this has been an incredibly shitty show. Um, I can only imagine that there's, there's, I mean, there's no, no one's, it's, if you fell asleep listening to this or you're in a really, um, you're riding your bike and you don't, you don't want to reach down and take the phone out of your pocket to switch to the next podcast, just thinking that you'll just white knuckle through this garbage. Or you're some other kind of, you know, one-off unicorn-like creature that somehow can can stand this rambling nonsense. But aside from that, no one's listening. So let's answer some things. Uh, do I want to answer that one? Oh, I have to read that. Okay, I might get back to this. I found um, somebody sent me this um, this article from, and it's from a legitimate source saying, uh, Catalytic gold nanoclusters promise rich chemical yields. So apparently gold is not very... Oh, I wonder if there's like an abstract paragraph at the front I can just read. Cause the reason I'm not doing this is I'm, I know a bit about chemistry, but like not enough to like make this make sense. Uh, ooh, this looks like it's dumb. Okay, good. Um, catalytic gold nanoclusters promise rich chemical yields. Oak Ridge Natural Laboratory, Carnegie Mellon, blah, 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 blah. Old thinking was a gold. While good for jewelry, it was not much use for chemists because it is relatively non-reactive. That changed a decade ago when scientists had a rich vein of discoveries, discoveries realizing that this noble metal, when structured into a nanometer-sized particles, can speed up chemical reactions important in mitigating environmental pollutants and producing hard-to-make specialty chemicals. Now, the phrase is uh, mitigating environmental pollutants. This was written to me asking me the question, does this mean Zachariah Sitchin was right? Now I'm, I'm pausing right here and this is where I wish I had a video podcast because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm rubbing my temple and kind of taking deep breaths and I wish I, I wish I had a, I wish I had a mala on. Oh, I do. Uh, hold on a second. Oh, money, pat me. Oh, money, pat Okay, I'm calm. 
Well, motherfucker, that's a really, okay, look, I'm just saying, obviously, Zachary Stitch is not right. But I'm just saying, like, if you're, you know, when people go, well, science proved the afterlife or science, whatever. And then, they, like, they send in an article that, like, is from, like, some really shit-ass, like, non, uh, you know, it's from Dave's College out of, you know, out of Maryland or, you know, uh, some write-in course or, you know, science says this, uh, and then there's no citation anywhere, like one of those things. Like, this is kind of one of those ones where it's like, oh, fuck, if that actually, just judging by that first part, that first paragraph, because I didn't want to read beyond there, because, well... Let's face it, I'm not very good at chemistry, and I just figured I wouldn't understand. But pressing on. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, because you can start defending Sitchin. Ooh, hey, guys, let me explain what's happening here. Zachariah Sitchin is a, is a, is a, well, was a fraud, and he claimed, um, allegedly, we didn't know, he, wait, he, he did claim, uh, that he had translated cuneiform tablets. And in these cuneiform tablets, when they're found, they were discovered that they told the story of the Anunnaki, the uh, extraterrestrial race that came down and enslaved humanity or created them. I forget which one. Created, then enslaved. Doesn't matter. The point was they were a slave species to mine gold. What do we do with this gold? Well, they take it back to their home planet and suspend it in the atmosphere to save their planet from uh, harmful pollutants and keep their uh, their ozone layer, or whatever the hell you call it, their, um, their, uh, atmosphere. Yeah, that's the right word. I don't know why I thought I had to use a different one. They keep their atmosphere pure. Um, I've talked about it recently. Actually, I think I talked about it in the last episode with Dario, or I talked about somebody recently. I, uh, if you go to, uh, I think it's ancientaliensdebunk.com or sitchinwaswrong.com was one, but there's a, you know, essentially scientific refutation of, of everything he said. Like, none of the shit he said were in the, in the tablets were there. Uh, it's just horseshit. However, you now have a really annoying thing to add to the argument that's going to make the argument take about five minutes longer if you use that link. So if you're one of those Sitchin uh, defenders and you want to argue with someone that's like telling you science, you can send this to them and it'll really annoy them for a few minutes. Like, you're still going to be wrong about the Sitchin thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you get credit for this, but it does it does make your, your argument go on longer. But really, when it comes to conspiracy theory, what you're trying to do is tire the other person out so they don't keep pointing out the logical inconsistencies that you're throwing at them. And then you get the win. Um, this also works for 9-11 conspiracies and JFK and really all of them. Um, if you just keep going back to thermite paint and, uh, and you know, um, I don't know what the other famous ones are, but, you know, some of the other ones. I used to know quite a bit about these conspiracy theories. I don't anymore. But, yes, I will put a link to this in there. Uh, yeah, fuck. I don't, no, it doesn't mean he was right, obviously. So long way around. No, it doesn't. It means that, um, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a, it's just, I mean, basically it's just a coincidence. Um, it's, it's kind of creepy though. Look, let's put it this way. I'm not, I was about to say, I'm not going to say he's wrong. No, he is wrong. He's a hundred percent wrong. So no, I'm not even going to go back. Yeah, it was just a coincidence. Uh, there's a lot of fucking wacky theories out there and you know, some of them are going to come true. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of predictions have been made over the years and a lot of those come true because, if you say thousands of bullshit things and then one happens, you quote the one and ignore the 999 others. It's um, why science is actually pretty cool, where science, what they'll do is they'll actually look at the numbers. So if it's like, well, um, like homeopathy is a great example. Now, keep in mind, I'm a fucking, I literally have crystals on the table in front of me. So let's not, let's not, you know, let's not pretend I'm not a fucking weirdo and I, I you know, I'm, I'm Johnny Science Defender. But like homeopathy is a great example of that. Uh, so they'll, they'll do, um, let's say they do a hundred studies of some homeopathic medicine. And out of the hundred, let's say the standard deviation, unit of deviation, unit of error is in a scientific study, you would say that you would get randomized, just, you know, false positives, essentially, like just, well, that's weird. That showed up as positive. And then you study it and it turns out, you know, oh, that's why it was positive. You know, we just, our methodology was wrong. There was, there was some, you know, some, you know, some aspect of the experiment that was set up wrong, that kind of thing. So anyway. Homeopathy, what they'll do is, so if you have a hundred things, let's say you expect five of them to be, you know, false positive, or you expect that to show up. So, you know, unit of deviation is five. So it's like, all right, well, if it's five, you know, that's what we expect. Less than five, of course, we expect that. Um, and then if it's, you know, 10 or above, you have to go, oh, well, shit, we have to really start looking at this. Not that you prove it, but you'd have to think your methodology is wrong. What homeopathy and a lot of these people do is they cite those five that were right saying, well, therefore, this is proof. This works. And then ignore the other 95. 
So this is um, really what I'm telling you, conspiracy theorists, guys. Just keep doing that. Just focus on your five. Bang it out. Thermite paint. Um, uh, where where are the bodies? Um, the uh, um, what, where are some other ones? Oh, the, the the speed that the building fell. That's a good one. Um, somebody. Oh, I heard this really. So shout out. Really great show, but just w- one of the most infuriating. Uh, really just terrible at saying true things guess ever but uh the higher side chats with greg carlwood which i was a guest on very lovely show very lovely man i enjoy him immensely i listen to the show and i'm not saying that as like a like that's not one of those things that you say it just because you're on a show i actually do listen to his show like he's he does a good job so uh go to i think it's the higher side chats.com if that's not it go to higher side chats.com or just search it out and you know, iTunes or whatever. But anyway, I was episode 99, I think, or 98 or somewhere on there. You can listen. But the point is, recently, like, I don't know, a month ago or so, he had a, like a 9-11 conspiracy guy on. And he was he was terrible. I forget why I'm even talking about this, but I'm just going to keep going with it. He claims that no one died on 9-11, or like very few people did. That there was empty planes and that these are false manifests and none of these people existed. Um so if you're a conspiracy theorist guy, I mean, you could probably argue that, but that's really infuriating and make sure the person you're arguing with doesn't know it, didn't live on the East Coast at the time, because a lot of us knew people that died. Um, I didn't know anybody directly personally, but, you know, uh, a friend's relative. Uh, but anyway, the point is, um, that was really annoying. And this section kind of fell apart there. So cycling back, you should listen to the Higher Side Chats because it's a better show than mine. Because um, <laughs> it's just true. He's, he's better at it. Um he researches, he's, he gets guests instead of yapping into a microphone for an hour to himself. Um, and you can, you know, he doesn't mumble, uh, like I do. And yeah, so listen to the higher side chats. That's what, that's the long story short is, but go back to that one with the, the 9-11 guy. And he's, he's really incredibly irritating. Not Greg, the 9-11 guy. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> so look, so, so yes, yes, uh, Colin, uh, right in person. Uh, that is, that is why that does not prove sacrificent, right? Oh, Jesus Christ, Alex, why is it not at an hour yet? Is this that bad? It, whatever. Why would I ask? No one's going to tell me. I know one person that's going to tell me. Sarah, hi. Tell me later how terrible this was. Um, none of you talk to me anymore. I miss you. I do. I mean that. Like, I'm not, like, just trying to, like, I would like to have a rapport with you guys, but it's just, it doesn't happen. It's weird, because, like, the numbers are still there. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm voicing my confusion, because... There's a bunch of you there, and I don't know, like, did I... The only thing you could think is that I used to have, like, less Twitter followers that maybe now it's, like, intimidating to try to talk to me. I mean, that sounds so stupid, but, like, I can't think of anything else. I mean, the show is pretty much the same. I mean, maybe just everybody gets tired and I didn't replace the old listeners with new ones. That could be it. Yeah, I mean, that could be it. Oh, well, I wish I hadn't said that out loud. Now I'm really sad. Oh, anyway. Um, yeah... Uh, oh no, that's for the listener episode. Somebody wrote in telling them what the show meant to them and how they found it, which is actually a really sweet one. So look forward to that next week. It's a very nice one. Uh, made me smile. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, here is a fun. Well, uh, do I think? Yeah, I don't know. Is that fun? Someone wants to know my opinion on Robin Williams. Um, man, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, I'll do. I'll do it quick. I won't go into the whole thing. Um. Over the years, and I've talked about it on the show before, I've certainly had um existential crisis in my life that is that has made me sit down and really think: Is this va- is is my life valid enough to continue? Is it is it is it incumbent upon me as someone suffering to continue living to basically not piss somebody else off? It's a terrible way to put it, but. People say this, these things like, well, oh, suicide's so selfish because, you know, you hurt the people you leave behind. And no, it isn't. One of the, um, not to be, I'm kind of sciencey this episode, but one of the things, one of the fundamental drives in humanity or in, in animals, any animal is, um, is, is, is to not die. I mean, that's the thing. It's fucking and saving yourself. That's the two things. It's passing on your genetic code and keeping yourself alive self-preservation and, and, you know, pressing your genetics forward. If you're in such pain that you can, that you want to, not even that you can, that you want to end your life and you go through it, I don't think that's selfish. I don't think you should, obviously. I, I am a huge advocate of sticking around. Um, 
I can tell you that because I'm here talking to you. I stuck around. Um, I at times go through some pretty fucking miserable spots, but I can assure you, um, when you get back to a lucid state, you can sit down and think about it and realize, no, there has been some good stuff. There has been tiny moments, little, even a tiny giggle, you know, kind of makes it worthwhile. And I'm not saying it makes it worthwhile, but I think it, it gives you that little thing to claw onto, a little hope, you know. And then, you know, you find ways to cope. You find meditation. You find Bodhi beats or, uh, you know, prayer beats. But going back to Robin Williams, um, no, I don't think it's selfish. Um, I think it's if you get to the point that you're so down and you're going against that primal, the primal self-preservation instinct. Yeah, it sucks and you are hurting the people around you, but I think people really need to rethink how much that person is hurt. How badly, just how horrible you must feel to go against that basic thing. You know, that's, that is a, that is a, that is a huge hill to climb. I mean, that is a, in a, in a to put it in a positive way, that's, that's like running a marathon. Or, I mean, I guess humans, whatever the, I don't, I don't know enough about athletics, but like whatever that thing is, like where you push beyond the bounds of like what a normal, just fit person can do. Like where you have to kind of, and I guess that is a marathon where it's like, you know, you have to kind of use willpower. You have to, you have to use like for, in a good way, humans kind of ca capacity to be above nature. You know, we are, although we are a part of nature, we're also apart from nature. You know, we are, we're self-aware creatures and in a good way, that's what's gives us architecture and marathon running, but in a bad, so that same thing, that extraordinariness connected to the other side, connected to the darkness is kind of there too. And I think if you take that, if you take like the term remarkable, if you take it in its basic form, like something to be remarked upon, humans are remarkable in their ability to do, you know, amazing things, but they're remarkable in their ability to do, you know, shitty things. And, you know, Rob Williams, what he did was a shitty thing. There is no fucking denying that. But the, the response of, you know, it's a selfish act. I don't think it's a selfish act. Okay, I don't think it's a purely selfish act. I don't think it's that's the thing to say is that I think people have to remember in the same way that it's amazing to run a, a, a marathon. This is remarkable that a, that a human can kill themselves. Like that is a remarkable thing, and I don't and I mean that in in a awe inspiring, in a um in you know in the old god term of awe, like it's you're overcoming the primal instinct. It's almost a magical thing, and I know I'm. This sounds like I'm using positive terms because I'm not, because I, I think he failed in, he failed as a person. He did that in his end. I'm not saying the totality of his life was a failure. He left behind a massive legacy. Everybody seemed to love this guy. I mean, he, he left behind more than any of us could even, if any of us said that we would give, that we'd have 50% of the impact, 25% of the impact. Going into life, like say you're some 15 year old that wants to go into acting and you think 25% of what Robin Williams did, people would go, you are just the most greedy, just holy fuck. How could you even think you could possibly impact the world that much? That's what the dude left behind. So I'm not saying his life was a failure, but he, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big L in the fucking win loss column. You know, you, you tapped out, but that doesn't mean it's selfish. It means you tapped out, you know, sometimes the pain's too much and that doesn't mean that you should take anything away from the dude it just means that the pain hurt too much and i think a lot of people don't get that and that's what bothered me the most about the reaction to him is you know people talking about how this is a suffering it's not it's if you hurt so badly that you're going against the fundamental fucking programming of your brain of of, of your 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 person man that's too much pain to take and it's selfish for somebody it's selfish to have the people around you think oh yeah no they should stick around for longer because you know this is this is, you know, that's, they should have stayed longer because, you know, I need them around. I need them to be in the most horrific pain imaginable, uh, because I would be sad if they leave. I mean, at some point you have to think, well, you know, when does it become selfish to keep someone there? You know, and it's hard to see because, you know, it's hard to put yourself in a depressed person's state, especially a suicidal person's state. But like, it's that, you know, hospice care, that euthanasia thing where it's at some point you have to, the caring thing is to end a life. And I'm not saying Robin Williams was there. Um, in his case, I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for him. I don't know what the fuck was wrong, but, you know, that's one of the things like if you're getting there, then you have to, especially him because he's got the loot is, well, you got to fucking, you got to put yourself in a loony bin for six months. You have to, you have to restructure the totality of you because it, it's incumbent on you to try to stay alive. 
that is that is what you should try everything to stay alive. But that doesn't mean you know it, it also doesn't mean that I don't know. I just don't think it makes you selfish if 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 that happens. You know, it's a really unfortunate thing. It was an unfortunate situation. You know, and and I'm not saying this like I don't even really like Rob, Rob Moon's work that much. There's a few movies I like, and I know. I think maybe that's why I waited this long to answer this question, just because I'm not a fan of his. It's I don't dislike him. I really liked um, Goodwill Hunting. I thought he was great in, and um, um, I only saw half of What Dreams May Come, but I thought he was good in that. And um, basically, the stuff that he didn't do comedy, much like much like a lot of comedians, I like their non-comedy work. Um, Jim Carrey's like that, where it just put him in something that isn't comedy, and I like him. But Robin Williams was that way too. But anyway. Um, yeah, he affected the world incredibly, and he gave a lot more to the world than he took away. And if he was in so much pain that he decided to fucking hang himself, then I think, I just think you, I think you're, you gotta get your head on straight, or you have to really, you have to, you have to break down what your thought pattern is of finding that selfish, because I don't think you're actually thinking it's selfish. I think, I think you're reacting to something that's within you, and I don't know what it is. I don't know you. I don't know, you know, who these people were, but, when you when you break it down to that level like you know it's not you know it's just it's not selfish it's you know it's it's not like this this was an idiot it's not like the people were talking about how wonderful of a man he was you know it's it's not like you know it's not like rupert murdoch killing himself like yeah that may be that may be selfish because he sounded like he's a fucking prick i mean i don't know anything about rupert murdoch don't sue me dude i'm saying just by reputation and mostly reputation based on you know stand-ups on the simpsons which is on your fucking channel and you let it go so you actually might be a really decent fellow so who the fuck knows but the point is unless you're like a lizard fuck and then you might be selfish about the way you you might be selfish off yourself but if you're a lizard fuck no one would give a shit and they wouldn't call you selfish to do it you know if uh if who's somebody if, if dick cheney kills himself maybe his maybe his wife and his kids might think it's selfish or be upset but like most people would be like ah yeah yeah what a scumbag all right go fucking shape change somewhere else you you fucking biomechanical piece of human garbage um <laughs> they might be a little nicer about it because he just died but anyway Ron Williams nice dude it seemed everybody talked really well of him all a bunch of a bunch of uh comedians I really respect um put out you know, not put out statements I didn't read any statements but any kind of, anybody that was on a podcast that talked about Greg Proops on the smartest man in the world I think it is um he smartest man in the room smartest man in the world whatever it is it's a good show um he had a really kind of moving one and whatever the point is I just so my reaction to Ronald Moon's night yeah I that sucks he tapped out I think it's I think it's a I think it's a it's a failure uh, as a person but I don't think it makes him selfish I don't think it makes him a bad person um I think that suicide is if you're if you're still healthy, uh, and, you know, not obviously not your your mind's not healthy because you're fucking depressed enough to off yourself. But if you're still healthy enough, I mean, I heard that he was developing Parkinson's or something like that. But if you're still healthy enough to walk around and you still have, if you still have that, I think it's incumbent on you as a person, and, and even just as an animal, to keep moving on. But if you know, it's people are sovereign to themselves. You know, it's it's their choices. You know, it's it's none of our business. So if if he decided. As a sovereign individual, after years of effort, and it sounds like he put years of effort into do it, then yeah, it sucks, and we can be pissed at him for it. But I don't think we can. I don't know. I just, I just hate when people paint someone with this this selfish brush, and that's the thing. That, anyway, so that's I guess what I think of Rob Williams. It's weird because it's on two sides. Like I don't want anybody to kill themselves. I really don't, and I don't. I don't agree with suicide. You know, as much as I've been to a weird place, you know, that you know, I've certainly considered that. But it's not. I don't agree with it. I don't think I would ever actually do it. Because I just, I, I feel like it's incumbent on you to hold on for that, you know, if there is that little bit of joy left. And as long as you, you know, as long as you're healthy enough and you're walking around and you have the capability, as long as you have the capability and hope for joy to come again, I I just think it's, I think it's incumbent on you to, to, to press forward. But I also understand that, um, you know, when you're depressed, you don't think that way. And sometimes it's just, sometimes it's easier to just, you know, to fucking off yourself. It's always easier to off yourself, man. Fucking dealing with depression is tough. So it's, it's the toughest thing you can do. I mean, you're fighting yourself. You know, you're, you're fighting an absolutely equal adversary. And in fact, you're fighting someone that's stronger than you because it's putting you down and it's within you. So it's, you're fighting from a, from a severe disadvantage. And, you know, it's a difficult thing. So I don't know. That's it. Uh, if I just go back to if, if you know anybody that's, you know, you're, you're worried about, that's the thing is when you're worried about people, and I can answer, and I can tell you as someone that people have been worried about. 
even if we're pissed at you for getting in touch, even if we're pissed at you calling the cops and them knocking the door down, that has not happened to me, but I've heard of this situation where they were worried that somebody had off themselves or about to, and they called the cops, cops kicked their door down, and uh, they were not in the middle of killing themselves. However, they were all signs led to it. This was a completely legitimate thing, and, you know, it started this whole fight, and there was a thing, but the the thing is, it's worth it, because what you're risking as as the person who calls, what you're risking is your friend or the person you care about being pissed at you, and your friendship might end. You're risking that. The other side is, you know, your friend breathing their last breath, and then their bowels evacuate because they no longer... Um, they no longer clench after the body dies and, and you, your friend who you love and you love their personality and you've looked into their eyes and they were this wonderful person is growing cold in a pile of their shit and piss. I think that the trade, the, the risk reward is always on call cops, get somebody there, um, kick doors down because, you know, hinges can be replaced. You can mend friendships, but, uh, when your friend is blue and lying in a pool of shit and piss, this is, that's not mendable. That is not, that is not a mendable thing. That is a dead person on the floor. So, yes, I want to give more sympathy towards Robin Williams because it's just, it is a difficult thing. But also, on the other side, you should claw and gnash and chain people to fucking radiators to keep them around. Because there's a lot of people that did turn around and, a lot of great art was made after really severe struggles. You know, a lot of, a lot of people put in, a lot of people put in their best work after they got fucked up. And I was watching the new Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, or as I like to call it, Hey, look, I'm walking to and from the camera. And they were doing an episode on Michael Faraday. I think it was Faraday, but uh, yeah, it was Faraday, how he was developed like really bad uh, uh, memory loss. But then some of his greatest contributions to science happened after that. Now, this is, that's a point where, as a scientist, as a, like, for me, I'm not a scientist, but I, I am my brain, that's it. There's no, I mean, I do have a belief in the soul, sort of, whatever, blah, 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 but I'm saying, my brain starts going, that's all I offer. I'm not attractive, I can't lift heavy things, I have nothing to offer but my brain. If that starts going, man, that, the urge to just, you know, put some fast-moving lead through there, pretty goddamn strong. But that dude managed to fight through it, ends up, you know, contributing his best work to humanity afterwards. And, you know, so that's the thing. So, yeah, humans are incumbent, I think, you know, from a study position. I don't, you know, I don't think you should kill yourself. I think it's always the wrong choice, but I don't think you should blame somebody. But I also think you should fucking chain people to radiators. You should have cops show up their house and kick their fucking door down. Um, the only thing you have to worry about in that case is if they have kids. Think, take a second more to think about it, because then Dyfus can show up and you get their kids taken away. And if you're not right, then theoretically you could get their kids taken away and then they could kill themselves. So there's a lot of things to think about, but if you know a single guy, the, the downside is, you know, they're going to lose a door and they might be put in an insane asylum for a bit. You know, fuck, they might lose their job or something. Yeah, that's worth it. Because again, blue guy laying on the ground covered in piss and shit that used to be your friend. Yeah, that's a lot better than healthy guy that's mad at you that used to be your friend. Like, yeah, you might get blocked on Twitter. Oh, the fucking humanity. So that's that. That is what I think about Robin Williams. I don't know if I answered anything there, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just known a bunch of people that took that way out and not a bunch. That's, a, that's an overstatement. I've just, I, you know, I've been aware of that and, you know, I just, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a selfish act, but I don't think it's an act you should go through. And if you know someone that's in pain, then you, it, it is your job as a person that cares about them to step in. Oh, that's where it's kind of starting right there. As someone that has had people step in, it meant a lot to me. Um, I was, I've been in a place where I was really mad that someone stepped in. I got in a lot of, when I was in high school, not, I'm not going to give a story, but I had a, I had a really fucking rough day. Wasn't going to do anything, but I had a really fucking rough day and somebody called and they had somebody show up at my house and drag me away. Uh, not like police. It was, you know, um, parent kind of situation, other parent, but, um, I felt like an absolute fucking fool. I was really pissed. Um, but the fact is, like, you know, when I got my head back on straight after a little while, I realized, like, you know, that was the compassionate thing. Like, even if that went really south, even when I got fucking thrown in an asylum or something, that was the compassionate thing for them, you know. So, yeah. Um, as somebody that's been on that side, it always, it's always, it's always step in, always do the caring thing. Because I've, I've never heard a story of, you know, the th I've never heard the story that what caused them to kill themselves was somebody, somebody calling them and showing that they care. 
That's never, that's never a story I've heard. There's never been, I've never heard of a, a suicide note that said, I got really tired of fucking, you know, Amber calling me and being worried. You know, that's not, a, that's not a suicide note I've ever heard of. So, um, yeah. So there's that. So step in, talk to people, call people, check in on people. Um, it means a lot. And, you know, if you're thinking about weird shit, if you know somebody that you trust their advice on, go for it. You know, I've, uh, I'm certainly not nominating myself in any way, shape or form. I'm, I'm an idiot on, on pretty much all the levels available. But, um, I have had people, um, come and talk to me. They've, I've had people, you know, through Twitter DM me and, uh, you know, once or twice I have had people, but once actually tell me that I, I talked them out of it. And that was a, well, one of the bigger compliments I've ever gotten in my life. And another one kind of was hinting that, you know, that I was there, you know, just right place, right time to have, you know, that I spoke to them and, you know, maybe that it stopped something. So, uh, again, I'm not saying talk to me. I mean, I guess you can, if you want to, I'm, I'm like, I have nothing to say. Like I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm barely holding on myself, but find somebody, talk to somebody. You'd be surprised where you can find, uh, where you can find comfort in this world, you know, and there's a ton of, uh, you know, call there's depression hotlines. There's like a million support groups online. I mean, there's, there's everything you can possibly do. We live in the future. So there's that. This was a fucking weird episode. Maybe I'll just cut the beginning off and it won't be so bad. I'm going to have to think about that. I never edit though. Hmm. Anyway. Well, um, yeah. So next week I'm doing the listener episode. So if you're listening still, write in stuff. Alexcast at gmail.com. Alex is always spelled with two X's. You can write in how you found the show, if the show affected you, if the show didn't affect you, if you hate me. I don't know why you'd be doing that. That's just fucked up. You can send in sound clips if you want. You can send in songs. Whatever you feel like doing. Whatever you feel like contributing. Throw a fucking poem at me. Whatever you feel like contributing, please do. Um, if you want to send audio, send it to alexcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to just leave a phone message, you can call the um, voicemail. It's 503 503- Four six eight six nine five nine. You can leave a nice three upwards of three minute message and whatever you feel like doing, just fucking say hi, whatever. The point is, I just want to do a show, uh, you know, in dedication to you, the fine listening audience, whoever the fuck you are these days, because I just I want to reopen the door. So anyway, there's that. Yeah, this was a weird one. So yeah, I've been Alex. Um, you have been the audience. Um, I hope everybody's good. And yeah, until uh, next time. Namaste. <laughs>